Yeah, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy 2. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't know why. I, I don't know if God made me this way or what, but it, I think that like most people are like, yeah, I kind of get less nervous as I, you know, teach more. And I feel like I just get more nervous as I teach more. Um, my heart is in my throat right now. So um, I don't think I'm supposed to say that, but I just did. On, on a different note, I mean, for real, two things. One, man, God is so good. And I think that um, if you don't know that, you should pursue that because just through studying his word and, and being a part of a church and, and being able to live every day for him, um, it's, it's just been good, man. And we are blessed to be able to serve our creator and, and for him to know us and for us to be able to know him. And the second part of that is I love this church. I truly do. And I, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um, and, and it's just such a privilege, too, to be a part of a church who loves, God, who loves God's word and um, who has the leaders that it does. Um, so, man, I, just personally, I, I want to say that because it's just been on my heart and I think it's so good. Um, so, yeah, tonight we're going to get into 2 Timothy 2, 16 through 19. So go ahead and turn there. We're continuing our study, obviously, and just as a matter of introduction and to hopefully help us all settle into what the Lord has for us, let's talk about this entire series for a second. I'm not, I'm not sure about you, but I've been encouraged to hear Paul's admonition to Timothy. Both, both letters are go-tos for me personally because there's so, so much to take away practically. It's encouraging to have these books to seek guidance in, in as my individual walk unfolds before the Lord, or unfolds with the Lord. As for the well, have you stopped to think about how, this, how these messages have affected us as a whole, as a unit of young adults in this community? I think it's worth thinking about. It has been cool to hear from the other guys how they have been encouraged and challenged as they strive to further their relationship with the Lord. I think it's evident that we, as a group, are all better equipped to serve the Lord and the church body through studying this letter to Timothy. And so hopefully you're seeing that. Maybe you're sitting here tonight a skeptic to how you can apply what we have learned this summer to your life. I'm not sure how that is possible, but if you feel even a hint of that, let, remi- let me remind you of 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and is pro- profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Let's take a second to consider, off that list, what do you need tonight? Reinforcing of doctrine in your life? To reprove your knowledge of the Lord? Do you need correction in your thinking and application? What about instruction and surrender and in turn being able to, to be made more righteous through the guiding of the Holy Spirit? So as you consider this, let's transition into setting the stage for tonight's passage. Paul's goal for this second chapter in his second letter to Timothy is summed up in verses 1 and 2. 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. These first two verses of chapter 2 sum up Paul's desire for Timothy. If you remember from what has been previously taught, there then follows much more instruction, further elaborating how we are to walk in the strength of the grace in Jesus, along with the need to commit the truth to faithful men so we can see new believers grow and more believers become new. This is discipleship. This is the Great Commission. 
Are we, the well, as the young adults of First Baptist Church, seeing this through? Tonight we will f- see further instruction on how this should not and should play out to further should not and should play out. To further set the stage, let me remind you of a few key points from the message we heard last week, which was awesome, by the way. These are direct quotes. Let the Lord establish the work of your hands. Don't study and you won't stick out. And most emphasized through the message was, in order to know how God wants us to speak, we need to know how to study his word. To be honest, the thought crossed my mind to take Oakley's message and read it in reverse for this week. I think you would see why I say that. Honestly, I think we really need to pay attention here because there is some some serious overlap in the verses surrounding 2 Timothy 2.15. I think all you know what 2 Timothy 2.15 is. If you didn't realize it, it's worth paying attention and letting your ears and mind be strained a little when you notice the redundancy and instruction going on. Something is important. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get into our passage. Father God, um, again, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for this group of young adults, Lord. They've encouraged me in many ways, and, um, and I'm sure are glorifying you in, in their own ways, Lord. I pray that we as a unit, um, we as the well, would just be better equipped to serve our church, to serve our community, and ultimately to serve you. And also that we as individuals would just consider, um, just before you, God, honestly, um, how you're trying to change us and, and where you're directing us. I love you, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so 2 Timothy 2, 16 through 19 says this, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So our first point, let's look at that, is weigh your words. And this comes from verse 16 through 18. Let's read that again. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrowing the faith of stone. Right away we see the word but. This word is connecting the previous train of thought to these verses. I mentioned earlier the need to pay attention because of what is being instructed here. Pay attention to how verse 15, the previous verse to 16, lives right in between verses 14 and 16. It's pretty cool to see this unfold. So 2 Timothy 2, 14 through 16 says, Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that, the, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for the, they will increase unto more ungodliness. Do you see how the phrases parallel? There's strive not about words to no profit compared to shun, profane, and vain babblings. There's but to the subverting of hearers compared to increase unto more ungodliness. And notice what instruction is right in the middle. That is to study to show thyself approved. And unto who? Unto God. We aren't studying to show ourselves approved unto man. We aren't studying, even studying to show ourselves approved unto our church leaders or to the body. It is about our desire to please the Lord. 
Don't miss that. If you do, these surrounding verses really won't stick like they should. So let's move forward. In verse 16, we see the only case of shun in the Bible. A biblical synonym to shun is avoid. In 1 Timothy 6.20, Paul gives almost the same instruction to Timothy, but uses the word avoid instead of shun. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. In Proverbs, we also see avoid coupled with the phrases, neither give heed, enter not, go not, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. So let's read that. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. Notice the context, the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened. When thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not, so here we go, enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they step not, except they have done mischief, and their sleep is taken away, unless they cause some to fall. Here we see the way of wisdom in comparison to the path of the wicked. Consider that for a second in light of our passage. Another passage we can look at is Romans 16, 17. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. So allow me to go on a slight sidebar here. You can't read Romans 16, 17 without seeing the later part of that verse. Read it again. The later part of the verse says, or the verse says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine, to the doctrine which ye have learned. Okay, so we can't just mark them which cause offenses because we don't like them. We can't just mark them because they looked at us fun, funny. We can't just mark them because we have some beef against them. No, we're marking those who are contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Don't miss that. Because I think a lot of, uh, some, sometimes we, we tend to cast righteous judgment on people um, who really don't deserve it. Um, so this reminds me of Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good. Many people will quote to just that point, but you have to finish. We'll work for, t- together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no con- condemnation. Again, many people will stop here. Some people stop here because they, they don't know better because of the version of the Bible in their hand. But you've got to go to the end. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So it's important that we read all the words in the verse and not just stop where we want to. Let's get back on track. Two other references when looking at what to avoid. 2 Timothy 2.23 But foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing that they do, they do gender strifes. And then Titus 3.9, But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. So I think we're starting to see a picture about the importance of weighing our words. We're seeing a picture of what kind of conversation we should be avoiding. So what is the point to all this? How about this? What is your conversation like? Is it profane? And profane just means mixed with culture or secular. Do you find yourself leaving a conversation questioning if it was even edifying or productive for the Lord? 
Maybe our conversations can seem a little empty or meaningless. Do you know what, what that is? That's right, that's vain, vain conversation. You know what else we find that can be secular and empty? The world, that's right. Thanks. Let's look at this verse real quick, and then we'll move on regarding babblings. Genesis 11:9. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and they left off the, to build the city. Babel, the root word for babblings, was named what it was by God because the language was confounded. We need to make sure our words are weighed out. Let's edify and build each other up and not let our tongue spit confounding, babbling braise. That was free. I thought it was clever. Let's move through these next two verses quickly because here we just see the example of what not to do. <clears throat> Verse 17, And their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying, The resurrection is past already, <clears throat> and overthrow the faith of some. Hymenaeus is mentioned one other time in Scripture, and Philetus not even one other time. So Hymenaeus was mentioned in 1 Timothy 1, 19-20, holding faith and of a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. So this passage, these couple verses, is a good study, but not for today. Notice, however, the amount of space Paul gives these two individuals in our passage in 2 Timothy 2.17. Not much. Biblically speaking, there is more often than not a lot to be said about those who do well for the Lord. Here we see the case of a little being said about those who don't. And so I think we should pay attention to that. I started a study on why they said the resurrection is past already. It is interesting. I got into some interesting stuff, but I haven't had time to land on something sufficient. Um, I think we can notice a few things. Hymenaeus and Philetus were used as an example of what not to do. So these are things we can just observe from this passage, not from my study, because we've got a long way to go there. They both erred from the truth. We know at least one of them was given over to the devil. Sounds like a pretty big deal. And possibly worse yet, they drug other believers down with them. So if we find our conversation to be suspect, how do we course correct? And actually, it was cool because we saw this on Sunday. When it comes to making disciples, which is the goal, see for reference 2 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, the passage we started with. It must start with the correct view of God's word. Psalms 119.101 says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. Okay, so his word is a big deal, and we need to keep it at the center of our lives. Who are you showing yourself approved unto as you study God's word and aim to grow spiritually? Let this guide your conversation. Let's look at our last point, and, it, and in turn, our last verse, verse 19. The point is, walk forward with God. All right, so never, nevertheless, this is verse, verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. That word, nevertheless, is a word we might use the word regardless in its place. Why point this out? Have you ever been in a conversation where a bunch of things are said, then whoever is leading conversation waves their hands and says, 
hold on, regardless, this is the point. I think that's what Paul's doing here. Regardless, the point is, stand sure on God's foundation. That's what we see in verse 19. We find that foundation in 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 11. Coming off the heels of Paul correcting the Corinthians' carnal thought process of claiming heritage to specific leaders in the church, Paul writes, For we, have lab- we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me, excuse me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builded thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is, than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. Guess what? You still need to be a part of God's church to move forward with him. The people of the church are going to be just as broken as you while being fully capable to surrender to and be used by God just like you. What matters is that each individual stands on the foundation of Jesus Christ. So walk with him. Isaiah 28:16 says, Therefore thus saith the Lord, Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. And remember what we saw earlier in 2 Timothy 2.8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Paul goes on in these set of verses in this passage to tell how he suffers for this cause and is bound by men. But the word of God is not bound and the word of God, capital W, our foundation is not bound either. So to wrap things up, I want to look at the last part of verse 19 from our passage tonight regarding, regarding it one, or reading it one last time. Verse 19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We need to depart from iniquity. Or, in other words, live virtuously. Do what you know to do is right, and don't do what you know to do is not right. Let's look at Zephaniah 3, 1 through 5. Woe to her that is filthy and polluted, the oppression city. She obeyed not the voice, she received not correction, she trusted not in the Lord. She drew not near to her God. Her princes with her are roaring lions, her judges are even are evening wolves. They gnawed not the bones till the morrow. Her prophets are light and treacherous persons. Her priests have polluted the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. The just Lord, pay attention here, the just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring his judgments to light. He faileth not, but the unjust knoweth no shame. Here, Zephaniah is gearing up to announce the judgment of of the Lord on the leaders of Israel. Notice what he says in verse 4 about the prophets and priests. They are light and treacherous. They have polluted the sanctuary. Do you know how this happens? By letting profane and vain babblings in. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be known as being flippant and manipulative and having polluted the church. Something cool that we don't have time for is seen as we progress through this passage. By the time you get to verses 9 and 13, still in Zephaniah 3, we see some cool things prophesied related to this issue of speech and word post God seeing through his judgment on seeing through his judgment on his people. Okay, so earmark that. Seriously, check it out in your own time. Um, it's worth it. Um, but I thought they paralleled really well. It's, it's, it's pretty neat. What is really cur- encouraging in this passage is to notice where God is. 
Verse 5, The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will not do iniquity. Every morning doth he bring judgment to light. He faileth not. Do you know how we depart from iniquity? Referencing 2 Timothy 2.19 and also this passage in Zephaniah 3. First, know that God is still in the midst thereof. Better yet, Jesus, Jesus, if you have him in your heart, is in you and you in him. Second, know that the Lord doesn't do iniquity, even when the conversation around you isn't what it should be. Third, seek those judgments from the Lord that are, be, that are brought to light every morning. Like it says in Zephaniah 3. And then fourth, know that God won't fail you. And we'll end with this. Proverbs 16.6 says, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Jesus came to this earth bringing grace and truth, mercy and truth. So let's walk forward with God tonight. Let me pray. Father God, uh, man, I thank you for this study. I thank you for this group of people. I pray that you would um, just settle in our hearts what you're trying to show us, Lord. I know it's a lot of information, and um, truly, God, uh, I just pray that we each be willing to set aside time to further dig into this and, and um, everything else that you're teaching us. You're so good, and I pray that you would um, just bless our conversation as we go in our small groups. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen.